Our guest today is Dr. Muhammad Al-Husseini. Dr. Muhammad is actually a thought leader in computer vision, and um, I'm really grateful to be able to meet with him today and share uh, some of his learnings and journey in research over the past at least 10 years uh, in this field. Uh, so welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Walid. It's a pleasure to be with you, you today and uh, to interact with your audience. Thanks. Uh, so let me just get started by uh, kind of like walking the audience through some of the background that you've been, uh, you know, like, you know, the, your, your journey, I guess, in research so far. So you did your PhD in Rutgers University from 2011 to 2016. Um, and then from 2016 to 2019, you went to uh, FAIR. Uh, mm -hmm. You worked on uh, computer vision in FAIR, but also with language. So this is why this is relevant for our podcast, because your work is very much uh, focused on multimodal, uh, you know, learning multimodal models, uh, including language, uh, but not limited to. Um, and after that, you went to Stanford University. Uh, you were a visiting uh, faculty uh, for a while, a visiting faculty scholar for a while. Um, you also spent some time at Baidu, and uh, you went to you um, took on uh, assistant professor role at Kaust University uh, for the past four or five years. Uh, during this journey, you've done a lot of work uh, that really established, um, you know, like the multimodal, multiple multiple areas within multimodal. So I want to invite you to tell us, like within computer vision, what is what do you consider to be your focus? Let me share with you how that my journey started. I have I have uh, uh, before even I started my PhD, I have uh, been fortunate to mentor some bachelor uh, students at uh, Incham University in in Egypt where I actually did start to know about computer vision. I didn't even ha have a class in computer vision. That, that could be surprising from people. So, but I started to, to learn uh, about computer vision through some uh, particular projects that I was uh, like uh, uh, fortunate to mentor. And through that, I started to learn uh, about computer vision and get excited about this. And also in the meantime, I also learned about some uh, language technologies. So I, I did a bit also of language work through this uh, this uh, uh, the, this period. That was from 20, 2007 to 2011. And then after that, I started. I applied for a PhD. I started my PhD at Rutgers in 2011, where I started to think about how to merge these two branches and. I felt fortunate that I started to think with uh, uh, about uh, the uh, problem that 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 tries to marry these two domains together, and that happened to be uh, the writer classifier problem that uh, I, I talked, I, I wrote about in the uh, uh, in the blog, in the blog post. Awesome. Um, this is actually a great uh, starting point for uh, for the podcast. So maybe in just like a couple sentences, could you tell us why was why are you proud of this work? It's mainly because it was the very first work that enables us to uh, to recognize an unseen species based on natural language description. So before that work, uh, most of the most of the prior uh, uh, prior state of the art was using uh, like attributes. And attributes requires human labels of hundreds. These are human uh, labels. Or, uh, that, and we have hundreds of them. Like for example, this bird does this bird has uh, a, bit, uh, a a red wing or not? And every person have to label 
that attribute exists in the image or not for hundreds of images for every single species. On the other hand, this work started to study, hey, how about with, we, we, we would not require those human libel and use more natural interface, which is natural language. And this natural language will describe in a free form how this bird looks like, including those uh, attributes. And then, and and then this makes it, it makes the problem of recognizing the these species less uh, less tedious from 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 modeling perspective, and also in the meantime more natural. So yeah, that uh, makes a lot of sense. And um, I can only imagine like the number of hours that were saved uh, for you know anybody who cares about a task like this. So maybe can you mention one uh, task that you know people have uh, kind of like built on top of this method to do something, you know, like in real life or in a practical application? Uh, the, the, the think, the imagine, for example, that if we have uh, a system that can recognize uh, 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 species at a very large scale, there exists more than 8.6 million uh, species on Earth, right? And we we for from behavior ecology practice and biodiversity practice we care about understanding and recognizing those species and how they they, they dynamically impacting our environment the point here is that some of those species may go even extended without even before we the, the, we we even discover them because we lack the machinery to uh, accelerate this species discovery uh, machine and if we have a system skilled enough to recognize millions of species and and can uh, understand what is what it has not seen. This can this machine can enable us in collaboration with human to accelerate the species discovery. To give you an example, uh, the, our vice president of research uh, this uh, like was uh, is, is, is likes fishing so much, and he one day he uh, uh, he he looked at the fish and he it looks very different. And then he went to the director of research center at Kaus, tell him hey. This species, this 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 uh, fish looks very different. You think this could be a new one? Uh, and then he started to investigate and look uh, into this fish. And then at at the end of the day, the center has confirmed that this is actually uh, a, a new species, and it was named after his, I think his mother or something like that. Uh, so oh. the point is that he this required him to go in person and people do, 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 do look at this distinct attributes and required actually knowledge from from for years or something like. That. Imagine that uh, for 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 sea for marine animals, it's even more difficult to dive uh, underwater. So imagine that you install these machines and it, it tells you, hey, this is a picture that uh, that could belong to a new species because it has a longer fin or something like that and then experts will then confirm uh, so yes. i think this something this shows some promise that this technology can be useful some somehow. yeah absolutely so i want to uh kind of like fast forward to this year 2024 now um mm -hmm. and you're writing a book could you tell us a little bit about the book you're writing? Uh, what is the name of the book, and wh why do you think this book needs to be written? Uh, uh, this book is called uh, Imaginative AI. So, and, and, and the subtitle for that is Towards Human Level Imaginative Skills, uh, Transforming Species Discovery, Content Creation, uh, uh, Self-Driving Car, and Emotional Health. So, uh, the thing here, I the, the the one one skill that human has. Uh, Distinctively and has has uh, has been very 
like much less understood compared to other skills that we explored in AI is imagination because imagination is what help us discover new things will help us uh, explore what 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 yet we want to to learn and this relates to problems like species discovery we just talked about but it also extends to other uh, problems so in this book i cover uh, different paths one of these is imagine to see imagine to create imagine to drive imagine to feel all the type of uh, skills where we aim for machines to explore or do skills that is beyond the what it has seen its its learning experiences awesome um i i'm really excited about this book and i cannot wait to put my hands on it if you want somebody to like read it before it's uh, published i can be i can volunteer for that uh, but before this happens i know the book is still in the in the you know in the making and i don't know how long it's going to take um i know it can be you know a month or a year or five years who knows um you probably don't know yet <laughs> or actually do you have a release date in, in mind i don't know how long will it take i know that fifthly for example from stanford took three and a half years to write her her book uh but i, I have a wish that i will try i will uh wish for 2024 to maybe by by the end of the year to have some some version uh, but let's see how how it goes I'm, I'm i'm not sure how how long would it take uh but i i wish that to have the first list to be of a quality that is good enough and and to maintain that uh, that bar i think uh, it's hard to predict how long would it take yes but, yeah well the good thing is the quality of the work has already been established uh most of the work that you've been uh doing and that you will be discussing in the book is already published in the top tier uh, journals and conferences in computer vision and ai uh, so, so the have... book has four parts to it imagine to feel imagine to drive imagine to create and imagine to see and i think i mentioned it in the reverse order um but each of these is a is a skill that like as humans some of us not everybody some of us like has developed in a very strong way so feeling you know there are some people who are emotionally intelligent and some people who are not there is like in driving some people are great drivers who go to formula one uh, races and stuff like that and others cannot drive and like you know fumble uh, on the driving wheel uh the create i think create is a bit uh, kind of like under specified in my mind like create what all of these things can be creations you know uh create art create what that's something that i would love to hear more about create uh to see oh sorry um imagine to see is i think what the example that you provided before the paper that you mentioned before belongs to that category right like among other projects you worked on uh, yeah. so i guess can you elaborate a little bit about imagine to create because even i cannot understand what what is this part about word that is common between all this is the word imagine right so imagine to see is right now defined as the ability of the model to imagine beyond the species it has seen during training imagine to create is also defined by by in a similar sense how do we build a machine learning model that is aware of existing styles so it doesn't steal from an existing artist or existing art style and say that hey this is a this is a something that relates to the dna of picasso or something like that so you want the model to be uh seen aware so that it can produce content that goes beyond existing uh, data and somehow so that it promotes creativity in, 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 uh, in ai to accelerate content creation so in imagine to see we actively want the model to be aware of the unseen for perception purposes here we wanted to have a machine to be actively knowing about what it has seen and the 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 plausible 
space of unseen so that creates something that is new and it has some sort of deviation from or meaningful deviation from what it has seen during training so it doesn't steal from from the content same thing yeah. for what is imaginative field for example it's imaginative field also from the language perspective it, we wanted to uh, to to broaden the, the the perception or maybe uh, deepen the perception of visual content so that the model can understand beyond what's literally in the image so for example someone can say hey this is a picture of a beautiful city a beautiful waterfront i can imagine myself sitting uh, sitting by the water listening to the birds this uh, kind of description is not he's not there he's there, maybe there might not be birds right but they exist this visual content construct an emotional experience for a person who who perceived this image to imagine himself have this uh, uh, experience uh, happening in that place so this is another sort of imagination uh, we can think about something similar for 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 asians or driving so uh, i want to drill down a little bit more on the feel part uh, so i'll i'll tell you what i heard from you and uh, of course in my own words um imagine to feel is about creating an immersive uh, illusion uh, that creates the room for the user of the model to experience an emotion that would not have experienced it otherwise. Yes, yes. Uh, you, you know, I think one of the things that inspired me, uh, we wanted to build human compatible AI, right? And in order to build a model that is compatible with human, we need to build, we want, we want one aspect of this compatibility to be compatible with human emotions. We want to uh, AI to communicate with people. We want to understand what is the spectrum of emotional experiences that can be constructed in response to some visual stimuli. Uh, so that's the, that's, the, that, that's the perspective that this part wants to uh, bridge. So we want to build we want to decrease the gap between um, machines and human in the sense that machines need to understand how uh, the, emo the emotional that we are need to understand that we are emotional beings. And right now we are just uh, focusing on literal perception of what this word means, what this uh, uh, and, and so on. From this is from mainly computer vision uh, perspective. Um, yes. So uh, actually. I, I, I love this direction because um, it touches on something that is very close to my heart, which is uh, mental health. Uh, mental health is, of course, you know, it, it involves like uh, both diagnosis and addressing um, a number of mental conditions and uh, psychological conditions. And, you know, if I am if I'm experiencing a depression episode or something, which, you know, like who doesn't? Um, when you are in a place, in a dark place, uh, emotionally or, you know, in a, psychologically speaking, you want to find ways to intervene with this, right? Like this is an important, like it's a need actually, you know, if you have a good therapist, if you have a good, um, psychologist, they can, uh, they can help. They have their own methods that are well established and, you know, studied and researched. I imagine, <laughs> uh, following your lead. I imagine that in the future, if we have good enough models that create this illusion of a feeling that might be after a number of clinical studies, hopefully, uh, I yeah. imagine at some point in the future, we can 
prescribe to um, people who are experiencing uh, certain conditions, like a machine learning model to use in order to recover from a certain emotional state they are in or a certain trauma. And, you know, of course, uh, as we know, traumas don't just like heal like this. It takes a lot of, you know, iterations, but really the interventions like medicine or drugs that we take sometimes do accelerate this recovery. So I, I'm not, of course, uh, assuming that this is going to work out of the box. And I really have to be careful here uh, because like safe use of AI is such an important matter to me and I'm sure to a lot of the audience. Um, so this definitely will require a number of, uh, you know, verification steps and uh, testing. But I'm, I'm really hopeful to see something like this uh, become, you know, like in the market one day. I also wish the same. Uh, to this point, we are actually working on a project in, in this uh, particular problem. So with a health entrepreneur in, um, uh, he, he's the CEO of Mind Co Health. Uh, his name is Emilio Golden Hirsch. So we are we have collected the data set of therapy sessions, more than a thousand video, few hundred, 150 hours of therapy sessions, where we wanted to understand exactly, uh, uh, explore understanding this, how to make us the first step in, in a direction like this. Uh, so far, we managed to collect the, the data, separate the part where the therapy ther therapist is speaking, the patient speaking, or something like that. And we are taking some initial steps to uh, understand emotions, of the, mainly the patient, and how does it dynamically change of, uh, over time. Uh, if the person is feeling positive at some uh, neutral, and then he started to feel happy, or and then after after some point it, he feels sad, what justifies the transition from one emotion to another during the series of interactions? And how can we at some point have a, a chat GPT-like technology that can listen to the conversation and maybe suggest uh, some sort of interventions or a reason about a history of those old decisions that has been happening with that particular person to make this conversation most helpful towards the goal that the therapist and the patients want to achieve to improve their, their experience and, 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 and mental health. Yeah. That is so exciting. I, I cannot wait to look at, you know, an early draft of this paper when, when you're ready for it. Okay. Uh, but I have a burning question. Did the patients uh, acknowledge and agree to this, to their videos being used for that research? Most of the videos that we have used right now is, uh, uh, is based on publicly released uh, uh, YouTube videos that has, I think, indicated uh, like license. We have been collaborating with that with uh, Stanford, who who are, I think, taking care of using this, uh, uh, taking care of the copyright part of this. Many of those videos actually are, are role-playing, and we are trying to partner with other uh, like place, other places where we, we can get even more Got data. It, but yeah. it would be great, actually, to see, uh, you know, in that publication, like, the breakdown of, like, who who is, like, real uh, conversation, who is role-played. Um, yeah. I think safety of patients and, like, privacy of patients is a huge important thing for a lot of people who will be reading this work but it sounds like uh what from what you're saying is the already like the patients have already published those videos for one reason or another uh, even the ones who are not role-playing so um we don't have to yeah. dig into this uh in further detail now the last part that i feel like i haven't we haven't touched upon yet is the uh, imagine to drive and imagine to drive it's kind of easy to imagine to drive because Teslas are out there. So why is this, why does this chapter chapter needs to be written if we already have 
you know, cars that attempt to do uh, autonomous uh, driving. The current version of the book, I actually uh, uh, it, it had some changes on that. I, I generalize it to, to acting, imagine to act, so that it refers to any agents, uh, not only car. Cars is, is one one part of the equation, but uh, but uh, uh, acting is something uh, that, that that is more important. How do we build? We want to we want some one day to have robots, right? In our home, robots that helps us bring the bring me the coffee, uh, bring me the cup on the table, close the door, and make me a cup of coffee or something like that. So so these kind of uh, questions or requests that we might have from 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 a robot are kind of endless right and uh, most of the time maybe those requests can be novel in novel environment and things like that so we we want to decompose this problem into the, the right path so that maybe the whole task is novel and needs to, the, the robot needs to have a plan and imagine how to execute it uh, yeah, but uh, but at the end of the day, it is it is it is uh, uh, it is it can be a novel task that hasn't been seen before, and that's that's where uh, the imagination term is coming from. For for self-driving cars, I still think that imagination is important because we have system that works quite well on San Francisco roads or or where the training is is, is happening. But if we imagine to put the systems in elsewhere in Egypt or India or something like that, maybe we. The bar is really, really high. So, I can only uh, imagine if, you know, uh, like the thought that comes to mind right now is like in one of these, you know, highways in Egypt where it's popular, it's common for people to drive in the reverse direction. You know, like I know, I'm sure that you've been <laughs> in highways where like you are in the highway, but there's a car driving in the wrong direction and it might be a donkey, you know, like a carrot. A car, yes. uh, so it's like, um, it's a very imaginative, like I'd say, None of the models trained today uh, for Tesla are ready for this. So I agree with you. Um, I, I will uh, kind of to clarify one thing, uh, and we'll have to end this, you know, um, part of yeah. the talk or the the presentation, the the podcast, which is um, imagine to act. It in my mind, the way I understood it from you is is all about planning. You have like a task that requires multiple, maybe perception and creation tasks as subcomponents mm -hmm. and your job the like what you're trying to have the model do is have a plan for achieving this end goal that you know it will require a series of steps and and the hope is to 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 is that this kind of how does the model like uh perform this kind of task especially when the spectrum of possibilities the space of possibilities is huge so you, you you have no chance to cover every every combination or every uh, 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 composition or every scenario during training. So how would the model learn the skill of decomposing a large like a complex task into the small components and come up with the right plan to execute it or something like that? Got it. Uh, so in this episode, we're going to dive in the first part. Imagine to see and uh, see how much uh, further you go in the book. Maybe we can have an, another episode uh, about each part separately. Uh, it has been a pleasure uh, chatting with you, Walid, for for this, for this, and looking forward to engage more with you and, and your routine. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye.